Welcome to Bayou Sports here on Hump Day, August the 17th, a big Wednesday here uh, for Bayou Sports. And uh, on tap, you know, the Saints um, have their second preseason game scheduled for Friday up in uh, Green Bay. Of course, uh, the Saints have been in Green Bay for a few days practicing against the Packers. Uh, I'm sure uh, things are a little easier when you practice against someone else instead of hitting uh, your own buddy and trying to be competitive. So uh, the two NFC powerhouses, uh, anyway, had a, uh, I guess uh, they go 11 on 11, 7 on 7, different things. And uh, basically the defenses yesterday controlled the, uh, I guess you can say, uh, I guess you can call it a scrimmage uh, against each other. Jeff, don't know uh, any other term. Practice. With practice against each other. Of course, they do their own independent drills and all and then get together. Uh, I'm sure there are officials out there. Uh, between the two teams and uh, the Saints um, defense along with Green Bay's defense captured the day of course I'm pretty sure Winston took uh, in a little bit of the practice yesterday he was on the field so a good sign you know he kind of tweaked his ankle or foot in in some regard and uh, missed a few practices and the Saints bring in another quarterback by the name of Costello and uh, Ian Book plays uh, most of the game after Andy uh, Dalton Takes the Saints down the field on the opening drive, and uh, they pull him and throw Book into the action to see what he can do. And he had a tough game too, Jeff. But in the meantime, uh, Winston was present, did not participate, but he did appear to get some early work in before the start of practice. So uh, those are all good things. How about it? I read where he did participate. In uh, the practice, well, was that maybe participating just in some of the team drills, maybe something like that. But I don't know if he participated in the the scrimmage that, that was held, uh, I, I didn't see anything in that regard. Of course, not being in uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin. Of course, the temperatures changed. Saints went to, have been going through 90-degree heat uh, up in Wisconsin uh, for the practices. They've been in the 70s. So uh, 20 degrees, big difference. Hopefully, they can get oh, a no lot more done. It. Hopefully, they can get a lot more done. Uh, but the Saints do go inside, you know, when it rains and also uh, in the practice facility over in Metairie. Anyway, uh, Saints uh, rookie DB uh, Alante Taylor was back at practice, too, so uh, he missed most of last week. And linebacker Zach Braun, who missed several days with a hamstring injury, was also a full participant. Uh, um, for the Packers, Devontae Campbell left the field. He was overheard saying to uh, somebody, uh, anyway, that uh, well, that he was dinged up a little bit. Uh, Saints-Packers practicing. I'm trying to see. They have a little something here. Um Andy quarterback Andy Dalton had uh, one especially tough period in the practice yesterday when he didn't have time to throw, which was often, they said. Dalton was frequently off the mark. He fired uh, a well wide of an open Michael Thomas uh, on a rub route. So, uh, and uh, he skipped passes to receivers on their feet and others. So uh, just a tough day. They said both defenses kind of control things. And it didn't help that the Saints offensive line had uh, trouble containing the Packers uh, front. Dalton was consistently navigating a uh, a crumbling pocket, so uh, don't know if that uh, is uh, an indication maybe what's to come. Hopefully not, uh, but quarterback Ian Book didn't fare much better also. um, Even he zipped a pass past a a wide-open Chris Olave. I got to get this before I finish it. Olave. Uh, throwing it right to the Packers defensive halfback, Sean Davis. So that was some of the uh, things that took place up in uh, Green Bay. And uh, Rodgers had the same uh, 
uh, test uh, two against the Saints secondary deep on numerous occasions. Uh, he only hit one uh, bona fide. So the defense has kind of controlled the day. And cornerback Sean Lentz, they speaking with him after practice, said he was uh, pleased with the defensive performance after the practice, calling it dominant. Of course, the Saints did beat Green Bay in the opening game last year. Uh, what, 37-3, to 38-3 over in Jacksonville. Uh, the game being moved uh, basically because of uh, Hurricane Ida. Uh, also, a positive sign was seeing uh, Tyson Hill. I practice in a black uniform with the rest of his teammates. Uh, he was wearing a red uh, non-contact jersey since he returned from a rib injury suffered early in camp. So, uh, some good things. He'll needs to he needs some work. And uh, off season was limited. He recovered from a uh, an injury, uh, Liz Frank uh, injury. Don't know what that a rib then a rib injury. And of course, a week of training camp opened and. Hopefully he can uh, do some things. Dalton uh, also, uh, as I mentioned, had a tough day up in uh, Wisconsin. Temperatures a little bit better. And they, they even spoke, Jeff, about uh, some uh, – I didn't realize Aaron Rodgers uh, is a big Nicolas Cage fan. And they put a bust – someone put a bust of Nicolas Cage uh, in his locker. Is he as much a fan as uh, – I know they put a meme out, uh, one of the uh, – I don't know if it was after a practice, but – uh, he looked like the uh, Nicolas Cage and Con Air, I think the movie yeah, was. Yeah, you're right. That's right. And I, I, So I, I don't know if he is a fan. He may be. Uh, but I do know that people were uh, making uh, some uh, comparison there. Uh, about the uh, – but anyway, uh, yeah, somebody – that, I'm, I'm more a fan of the uh, Valley Girl Nicolas Cage. Oh, uh, okay. All right. All right. Maybe the uh, Raising Arizona, Nicholas Cage. Yeah, that's right. That that but boy, that's a that movie takes back a few years too for Oh yeah, in, both in of that, them. Oh, Valley Girls so. 40 years old. No, that's right. My gosh. That's right. And how old uh, right around the corner in uh, uh Raising Arizona right in there with it. Probably about 7 8 years later, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh anyway, but um so somebody put that bust in there for him. Saints uh, of course play uh, the Packers up in Green Bay th- uh, Friday night. I'm sure the same uh, situation holds uh, holds with uh, the Packers uh, and the Saints kicking off. I think around 7 p.m. Uh, again, probably I'm surmising after or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. And I'm surmising that uh, the kickoff will be a little after seven and all. Uh, hopefully, again on KATC uh, Channel Three. Uh, anyway, but the the story here is it about may, it may be on their alternate channel three uh, two or uh, channel four, depending on uh, your cable system. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure uh, Cox handles that. Uh, not sure about some of the other networks in that regard, but it says here the story that Aaron Rodgers is a big Nicolas Cage fan and uh, hasn't been shy about showing it. Uh, the reigning NL MVP. Uh, in the training camp, uh, Cameron Poe inspired a tire, channeling Cage's character for, as you mentioned, Con Air. Tuesday was an item left in uh, Rogers' locker room to prove that someone took note of the reigning MVP's interest in Academy Award-winning actor. And uh, Rogers said of the bus left in his locker room, somebody sent this to me yesterday with no message. While it's still unclear who was responsible for the gift, it appears that he was grateful for the surprise. The Saints, uh, of course, uh, yeah, up there with joint practices with the Packers this week, and it's possible the news is Rogers' uh, fandom spread to the Bayou, and maybe the bus was tagged along with the trip. So uh, who knows uh, who sent that? But uh, if you're familiar with the uh, the movie, it's uh, 
uh, I guess he was uh, not necessarily he was in self-defense and uh, uh, killed someone, and uh, they put him in the penitentiary, and they were moving the uh, the uh, prisoners to another location and uh, in an airplane. I've never heard of that, but uh, anyway, uh, and uh, lo and behold, the uh, prisoners take over the plane, and Nicholas Cage kind of stays in his. Uh, I guess demeanor that he's innocent, not guilty, and uh, kind of defends the plane. Good movie, worth watching. I saw, I've seen it a few times. Anyway, Jeff, uh, that's pretty much it with the Saints right now. Practicing up in Green Bay, a uh, uh, host of NFL games on this weekend. Sticking with the NFL right now. Uh, I'm trying to think of who. Yeah, the Saints and uh, the Green Bay Saints are a. Uh, uh, minus three, so they're giving the Packers are giving the Saints three. Checking again on the weather forecast, they're talking about scattered thunderstorms with a high of 80 and a low of 65 up in uh, Green Bay that night. So uh, Saints, uh, oh, and there's no cover, so the Saints will be might be playing in a little rain uh, elsewhere. I'm trying to think who, who the games uh, would be on uh, the other games uh, on this weekend. Your Bears uh, started off tomorrow night, though. Yeah, as they um, travel uh, to Seattle, Seattle, I believe. Yeah, at 7 p.m. kickoff. Uh, and that is an ESPN game. Uh, elsewhere, Carolina's at New England. Uh, that's an NFL Network game, and that's a 6 p.m. kickoff Friday, so uh, you can watch that maybe before tuning into the Saints. Uh, Houston travels to uh, Los Angeles to take on the Rams. Uh, Houston, Houston's – I find this hard to believe. <laughs> they have Houston as a three-point pick in this game. I <laughs> uh, take it uh, – uh, Stafford probably not going to play. Is he injured too? I'm trying to think. Didn't he hurt himself? He, 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 there were some issues. I'm, I'm not sure what his status is, but yeah, he he was experiencing some difficulty uh, at least a week ago. Uh, may still be lingering. And um, Houston showed such dominance uh, this past week. Uh, shocking. They're not a bigger favorite against the defending Super Bowl champs. <laughs> yeah, amazing, huh? Yeah. As- as they take down the Saints. Plus. It is preseason football. That, that is correct. Uh, Saturday, a whole host of games. They kick off uh, around uh, noon. Denver, Buffalo, uh, along with the Detroit, Indianapolis. Then a 3 o'clock game, Washington at Kansas City. Then one, two, three, four, four games at 6 o'clock. And then one again, uh, Dallas takes on the Chargers, I guess, out in uh, L.A. That's a 9 o'clock game uh, Saturday evening. Then Sunday, you've got uh, three games with a noon game with Cleveland uh, uh, taking on Philadelphia, Cincinnati at the Giants. For you Joe Burrow fans, that's going to be a 6 p.m. game Sunday evening, uh, also on the NFL Network. Baltimore at Arizona at 7. Then Monday night game, Atlanta and the Jets uh, playing up in New York. Uh, That's going to be an ESPN game. So uh, a whole lot of football going on, Jeff, this weekend. Uh, For you football fans, uh, you've been screaming for it for the past uh, five to six months, and it's in the air. Yeah, I'm predicting 15 games. Well, no, no, because there are bi-week games. So uh, I was going to say 15 games each week going forward, but uh, not. uh, And I still think it's interesting. They decided to play the three preseason games, but have an off week. Uh, They've got two weeks. And I'm not sure if they wanted to start earlier, have that break just in case of injury issues or, or what, but. Um, we will have a week off uh, two weeks from this weekend. Yeah, and what's strange is that uh, years ago, most teams would uh, try to wrap up their uh, final exhibition game. Uh, Some played Thursday and Friday nights, 
have an extra day or two uh, to they, prepare. They pretty much did them all Thursday. And the, the, yeah. I mean, b- before this current format, it's like they wanted to wrap them all up and give them a little extra time, uh, whether it's to, uh, obviously not to travel, but maybe breaking camp and those kind well, of things. Not only that, and making their cuts and all, because uh, they've got, tr- well, years ago it was trimming their roster down to 45, 48, and now it's down to 53, and then you can keep. I remember seeing what we saw, 16 now yeah. uh, on the uh, practice squad. So um, a lot of thought process going in. Uh, didn't see where, of course, yesterday the Saints had a lot of moves before, I guess, heading up to Green Bay. Um, and we talked about, uh, it was about 10 different roster moves, uh, some cuts, some injuries, some additions. Yeah, and uh, with the Saints, uh, they've got to get down. I think they've got to make another cut uh, I would imagine it's yeah. after this next game, though. Yeah, they're going to have to get down a little bit. I'm not sure how many. but uh, And the problem is, once you cut down to your 53-man roster and you put your 16 and your practice team, they're they're open to anybody calling uh, the Saints saying, we're taking this guy, or they'll, you know, they're open to, to take. So it's just because they're on the practice squad doesn't mean you can't touch them. It's no, a, but, but the Saints would have first right of refusal, or any team would have. First right of refusal if a team wanted to claim somebody off your practice squad. Uh, again, uh, the team that has them on the practice squad can say, no, we're going to call them up. Yeah, but then so, you got to put them on that roster. That's right, and you got to make another move. Uh, but it's uh, it's interesting, and uh, I mentioned earlier, I think last week, that uh, practice squad uh, players get anywhere from seven, $8,000 a week, possibly a little bit more depending on uh, how long you've been in the league. But uh, it's a pretty nice income when you multiply, say, 8,000 times. Uh, you got to buy week uh, 18, uh, 18 weeks. So it adds up. It's a pretty nice job uh, in that regard. Elsewhere, uh, just uh, kind of running through a lightning list here. LSU got a commitment in, in basketball, not football, but in basketball from a young man by the name of Corey Chess Jr. out of McMaine High School in New Orleans, a six foot eight 180 pound. Uh, need to put some weight on him up there in Baton Rouge. Uh, he's from McMaine High School, but he's going to play his senior year up in Link Academy in Branson, Missouri. He was a first-team All-Stater last year. He's supposedly the number one recruit in Louisiana this year, number 74 in the country. Uh, he's also the number 15th-ranked power forward. He averaged 17 points and 10.5 rebounds a game uh, with that with LSU. So uh, the, the new coach uh, making his rounds, Jeff, and trying to bring in some uh, players. Of course, we all know the, how big the portal is going to be for especially college basketball teams with a lot of these kids being one and done, the, the better players anyway. So uh, a big snag for LSU as they bring in the, the number one recruit, uh, supposedly in the state of Louisiana, and uh, for basketball action. Uh, anyway, we're going to have a, our week, I should say, our weekly uh, high school football coach on and uh, with the second segment this morning, I do believe. So uh, with that, uh, I don't know if you have any other breaking news or headlines uh, to bring I, I up. I wouldn't call it breaking news, but uh, in keeping with the NFL, uh, Deshaun Watson uh, apparently in the news again, uh, negotiating along with the Players Association and the NFL reportedly continuing to hold talks regarding a settlement to the appeal of the suspension, the recommended suspension, because technically he has not been suspended. Correct. According to Pro Football Network's Aaron Wilson, it's unclear if the two sides will be able to reach an agreement before the league's appeal against uh, the suspension is heard by Peter C. Harvey. 
Again, disciplinary officer Sue Robinson suspended Watson or recommended a suspension of six games uh, back on August 1st after the uh, investigation into the 25 civil lawsuits filed by women accusing him of sexual assault. Uh, Roger Goodell decided to appeal that recommendation in search of a more significant punishment. He appointed Harvey to uh, hear the appeal. He got to uh, appoint the person to hear the appeal. So, again, it is what it is, uh, but uh, we shall see. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. You know, the thought process, too, around Alvin Kamara is that uh, the way it's looking right now with it being continued from August 1st to, I guess, October 1st, there were talk going around he might be – you know, for you fantasy football players out there, that he might be eligible for the entire season with due to his own attorneys pushing back on the court date. So uh, right now it's tentatively scheduled for October 1st. Um, I, honestly, I'll look I to see. September 28th. But well, that's, yeah, 60 days from uh, uh, October the 1st would be approximate, uh, correct, but days-wise. But uh uh, we'll see. Uh, I think I think the Saints are going to have use of him the whole season, uh, and uh, things will come up uh, as they move it back. Uh, the attorneys will continue it, uh, and uh, but it's going to. Yeah, I'm wondering if they just need to go ahead and bite the bullet and uh, have him suspended for whatever number well, of they, games. They're going to wait think. for the legal process to to finish out before they want to suspend him. Well, it's I mean, the attorneys that keep pushing it back. I mean, he could have had his court date on the 1st of August and uh, going through it, and would they have reached a verdict? Is that just maybe his initial uh, uh, preliminary where he pleads innocent or guilty and uh, to the the carnage <laughs> that took place up in uh, Las Vegas during Pro Bowl? But uh, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, you know, we all feel he's going to miss some games. How many, that's going to be decided and uh, probably fine and suspended. But um, uh, I'm, the way it's going right now, he might make the whole year, uh, meaning playing in all 17 games and possibly I mean, there's a playoff game. At some game. point, uh, a judge has to sit there and say, uh, whether it's September 28th or not, and say, why are we, why are we delaying this? Yeah, well, what is the excuse? What purpose does that saw, uh, serve the public in keeping delaying this uh, yeah. who's not ready to go and why yeah uh, good, I mean, good question insane. good question uh but you can look at it uh, historically i mean these lawyers push back I mean, it's not fine. a it's not a first degree murder case no, i mean it's, it's, it's not it's not uh, but you you got a point and uh, i'm not sure it's but, not complicated the evidence uh, you it's know. pretty straightforward you're right yeah you, the guy of course you don't know what initiated the fight you always you know when you see these twitter uh, little movies and pics and yeah you're always seeing uh, the uh, after the first but it's just like in the penalties in the NFL how many guys get penalized for the first punch you know the first blow it's always seems like the guy who retaliates it uh, pays the price and gets thrown out the game while the initial uh, the person who initiated the altercation is laughing inside his helmet so I, I don't know what's going to transpire but uh, we'll find out something hopefully uh, and we'll keep an eye on it. So, fantasy football players, your draft will probably be around Labor Day once the teams are settled in on their rosters, and uh, we'll see. Uh, we we'll see what takes place. Do, do I don't know much about fantasy football. I enjoyed you guys talking about it last year, but um, I mean, are people on the bubble of a roster 
included in fantasy picks? No. I don't think a lot. No. I think people <laughs> I think you could do your fantasy draft right now other than worrying about injuries. Well, that and who there's some players that won't make the cut, you know, that uh, some the older veterans uh, a lot of times it's a monetary issue with whether keeping them or bring the rookie along or the second year player and let go of the vet. Uh, to keep you under the salary cap, too. That still comes into play a lot today. But in most fantasy leagues, you pick anywhere from 15 to 20 players. And uh, yeah, you have to have a full lineup. You can uh, – our league uh, – and we usually do it the uh, Sunday before Labor Day uh, and sit down and uh, cook a little meal and uh, and engage. And, and our draft takes about three hours to complete. And it's it's a lot of fun, and uh, you set your lineups and everything today. Years ago, when I first got started in it, oh, this was maybe 35 years ago, we had to handwrite almost all these rosters and play things down. But now with uh, the computers and even iPhones, you can get your roster set, move, and make changes and get information and uh, injuries. And uh, it's, it's, it's pretty detailed today, pretty detailed. A lot of fun, though. Good, uh, and it looks like Michael Thomas may be one of your fantasy picks because uh, Dennis Allen, very encouraged. Uh, he said when the ball kicks off for real, Michael Thomas going to be ready to go. We're excited about that. Uh, missed the entire season last year, a good portion of the uh, previous year. Uh, Allen told reporters, honestly, there was a couple of times he ended up on the ground. That's all part of the process, and Building the confidence. I think he's in a good mindset right now. I think he looks good physically. I'm excited where he's at. And Thomas has been pretty happy, I guess, uh, to be back with the team. He told the reporters, Ma'am, I'm, man, I'm kind of lost for words. I didn't want to come up here and get emotional or anything, but it was a blessing to be back out there with the guys. And, you know, there had been some question as to whether or not he was all in uh, emotionally with the Saints, but mm-hmm. it sounds like uh, he's ready to go and maybe a little something to prove, maybe a bit of a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, let's hope he does. Of course, he won't have his old number nine throwing it to him uh, when they set the NFL record. I think he caught 150 passes in that year, 2019, and uh, won't have uh, Drew Brees chunking it to him. We'll have a, a new partner in Jameis Winston, so uh, hopefully not Andy Dalton or maybe a mop-up work, but in the meantime, we'll see what Thomas up. Uh, but they say he's looking great in camp, along with Kamara, too. Uh, came to play and uh, in shape and and uh, ready to go. So uh, we'll see how that transpires into uh, wins for the Saints in the fall. Looking forward to it. Yeah, let's go ahead and take our first break. You're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 1075 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. 
With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to answertopain.com. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Be there this Thursday for Southern Jack Productions. Remember, never cover at the Quarter Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for sports and no bar with more outdoor seating. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main across from McDonald's. Best drink prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer, just $2, $3 imports all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. Quarter Tavern now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Hump Day, Wednesday, August the 17th. And uh, a little college uh, news here as, uh, of course, the LSU Tigers uh, continue, uh, of course, with, uh, with uh, Mr. Brennan, Miles Brennan, deciding to step down as uh, off the LSU football team. Uh, the quarterback battles heating up between uh, – uh, Jaden and uh, Garrett, uh, of course, it's Garrett Nussmar, and, uh, and uh, we'll see how that's going to transpire, Jeff. It's uh, going to be interesting. It looks like right now Jaden's taking most of the snaps at uh, LSU's practice right now, and uh, Nussmar, we saw a little bit of him last year. Of course, uh, the Johnson, uh, I'm trying to think of his name, transferred to A&M uh, last uh, spring. He's up at A&M, who, who played a lot of uh, probably half of LSU Tigers football games last year in uh, – for the Tigers as they went, uh, it, LSU goes six and six uh, last year. I'm trying to recall what uh, their record was. Uh, uh, just short memory in that regard. But uh, the LSU quarterback situation uh, starting to heat up as um, Brennan decided to step back from it, and Jaden Daniels and Garrett Nussmeyer. It's now just a two-man show, and uh, you know I, I really thought that uh, Daniels, uh, with his experience at Arizona State. Uh, he had a pretty good year uh, last year, and he, he uh, decided to transfer out from the Pac-12 school. And uh, he's, uh, you know, you can run and throw. He gives LSU an option at quarterback I hadn't had in a while. Uh, Nussmeyer, more of a drop-back passer. Of course, uh, same situation up with the Cajuns, too, as uh, they've got a two-man quarterback battle going on right now. So between Will Ridge and uh, also the young man from Rumble High School Fields. But uh, – LSU, uh, we'll see how uh, uh, young man uh, uh, Jaden Daniels is going to handle all that in that regard. So we'll see uh, how that's going to take place anyway uh, in the meantime. Uh, elsewhere um, with the LSU practices, uh, they're uh, looking at um, uh, having a, a, just a competitive battles uh, with that. Of course, the Tigers uh, – will open up in New Orleans on Sunday, September the 4th, as they take on the Florida State Seminoles. 
in a nationally televised game in the Superdome. And uh, um, once we'll see what Coach Kelly's going to do to name a starter, and that's going to be probably in the next uh, few days, I do uh, think, because you want to have your starter uh, participating with the the first teamers. And, uh, of course, uh, Daniels arrived on campus uh, uh, back in the spring and went through spring and also – uh, Tigers uh, have some uh, time to uh, settle him in. So, uh, of course, uh, the uh, young man from St. Thomas More in Lafayette, uh, How- Howard, uh, is also uh, battling. But uh, uh, like most uh, freshmen, I look to see him redshirt, of course, with a uh, uh, pretty much a veteran quarterback in Jane Daniels. Uh, Nussmeyer played in a few games last year, but uh, – uh, of unconsequences, so uh, but it uh, looks like Jaden Daniels. I really thought Brennan would start the year off, and through as Jaden Daniels got familiar with the uh, system and all. Of course, it'd be- yeah, the, the guys with Tiger Rag thought it was pretty much a no-brainer uh, that uh, Kelly's system wanted a more mobile quarterback. Miles Brennan wasn't that guy, and uh, they they were not shocked by uh, the idea that he wasn't going to be the the starter and. Not surprised that he walked away. Um, if he didn't think he was going to, why be a blocking dummy for uh, 12 weeks? If, if if you're not going to play, you're a graduate. You might may as well move on uh, to the next uh, portion of your life. Jaden Daniels uh, certainly has the the confidence that he's going to be starting. He referred to uh, Garrett Nussmeyer uh, as his little bro. He says, I'm the older one in the quarterback room, uh, just taking him under my wing. Because at the end of the day, if I miss one game, or the time is now, I'm trying to help him prepare. So you know, he obviously is going in thinking he's the guy, and he's probably been given some indication that he is the guy. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And uh, basically, uh, you know, I really thought Brendan would start the year off. Would he go one or two games and then – but. I think as uh, the season wore on, Jaden Daniels would be uh, LSU's starting quarterback. With his experience playing against, uh, you know, the the competition he played against, not that Brendan didn't see good competition in the SEC, what more can you say? But uh, just a little more experienced. Uh, Brendan been uh, just torn apart with uh, injuries and, and all. So uh, in the long run, but we mentioned also, he's got a year of eligibility. Would he think about moving on to go play somewhere else? I'm not sure. Does he still have the football bug? Uh, probably. We'll find out probably in the next week to 10 days if uh, something happens because he's got to enroll in a new school. He can't just walk up to practice. I think he's got to be a full-time student. Uh, will that happen? I'm not sure. but uh, I, I doubt it. At this yeah, point, you might I... be right. This would be a six-year at LSU. But uh, right up the road uh, – uh, Chandler Fields, along with Ben Woolridge, are the two quarterbacks that are battling it out. I thought Lance Legendre would have a shot. He was a transfer coming in from Maryland, highly sought after, coming out of high school. Pretty big body, too, at probably 6'2", about 210, 2'15". Uh, Fields more on the 5'11", 6'190", pounds, along with Woolridge being just a shade bigger. But uh, those two young men are battling out for Coach Mike Desimo's uh, squad. and We'll see how that's all going to come into fruition with uh, – Who's going to be the, the starter for them? Uh, don't think uh, Coach Desmo has sat down and thought about it uh, to make an announcement, but uh, it's coming too because you want to see your, your starter uh, to go with your uh, first team uh, in the reps to get a lot more participation and uh, just uh, awareness and 
confidence you build up. So uh, two big quarterback battles by our local uh, state school. So uh, we'll see what happens in that regard. There you go. Anyway, uh, it's uh, just about uh, ready. Uh, we got Coach Hudson coming on the next uh, maybe five minutes or so. Uh, any other uh, headlines, uh, Jeff, uh, to uh, to look over? Baseball, of course, uh, in full swing, uh, heading into the final third of the year. Yeah, Cubs uh, managed to win uh, last night. Uh, again, blew a lead, uh, but won in extra innings. And once again, it amazes me that it takes two runs to win in extra innings now. Both teams scored a run uh, in the 10th the inning. Cubs scored two, and that changes the whole dynamic of uh, the extra inning with that runner starting on second base. I'm so glad uh, that we will be rid of that next year. But uh, saw, saw a lot of baseball yesterday. Um, White Sox and Astros. Uh, the yeah, they White... thought they'd have a big time pitching matchup, huh? And and it was for a few innings, uh, but but then again, you know, four to three. It wasn't like it was a, a yeah, slugfest. Eight to six, right? I thought it was four to three. No, no I... but I'm saying it wasn't eight to six. Yeah, you're right, is what right, I'm saying, right, right, right. So uh, again, four to three. The the White Sox come away with a win, but Astros still playing some real good baseball, and the Yankees sort of kept pace by losing to the Miami Marlins. Uh, they are struggling, uh, and again, you know, if you're losing against Toronto, if you're losing against the Astros, it's one thing, they're, they're losing against Miami. Yeah, I mean, and not only that, but uh, the Yankees are 2-8 and eight in their last 10 games. They've lost three in a row, and I'm sure they've lost like uh, maybe f- 15 out their last 25, if you really think about it. I'm sure they're, the record from the All-Star break is below 500. Uh, and at one time, they were, like I said, they were pushing the 75 percentile where they'd win 75% of their games of 162 during playing during the year. That's a cumulative uh, record of, say, of 116 and uh, 46 or something of that nature. Uh, but uh, I don't think they'll hit that plateau now. They're, they're basically at 117 games right now. So uh, with uh, the math, they've got 45 games left. Uh, and I'm not sure who they play in those remaining games, but with, meaning teams with winning records or losing records. But if they lose to people like the Marlins. Well, uh, and, and I misspoke. Uh, it wasn't the Marlins. I, I, I knew I was watching Miami. It was against San Diego. Padres are having trouble. And, and yeah. again, they're a team that should be on the rise right now. And uh, apparently the uh, Fernando yeah. Tatis uh, bobblehead day is postponed yeah, yeah i don't know why that's <laughs> yeah. strange isn't it you know that because of the fungus in the bobblehead yeah that that could be it but uh yeah they pull the bobblehead for it but, but no, you're right Ta- and, and again so the yankees losing at and home Tampa Bay's Tampa not Bay. a bad ball no, no, club. they're, they're, uh, they're uh, about eight to ten games above exactly. 500 but the yankees uh, i'm curious uh uh to see what their record is since the all-star break i'm sure it's below 500 now they've got some work to do in the meantime uh the astros i think have the best record in uh, in Major League Baseball, and not only in Major League Baseball, but I also think they have the uh, yeah they do have the best record in the American League, and uh, they're basically two games up on the Yankees. You know, for that first place, 
in that regard. So, in the meantime, we're going to go ahead and take our break here and uh, bring on uh, Holland Baptist head football coach uh, Rick Hudson. So, stay tuned to uh, Bayou Sports. We've got more coming your way on FM 107.5 and AM 1240 right after this. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to answer to pain.com. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with LA Classic Roofing. We're a third generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at LA Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. LA Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome to Bayou Sports here on this hump day, August the 17th. And with us this morning on Bayou Sports uh, with uh, Tony Landry and Jeff Boggs is Coach Rick Hudson. Good morning, Coach. How are you? Good morning. Doing well. Good. Uh, Now that the rain has ceased, uh, hopefully you get a little bit more into your practices and all and how things are going. Well. Uh, we had an unusual day over here yesterday. Uh, you know, like you said, we had three days of promising weather, and about the time we were going to go out yesterday, we got a lightning alert because there mm. was a small cell just just about three miles from here. And so we had to come inside for about 30 minutes, and in, in the middle of that, we got a, uh, a lockdown situation, I guess something going on, you know, close enough that they that they shut us down. Yeah, they're, and they're, they're in the locker room. Yeah, sat in the locker room until four thirty. Yeah, I, I noticed a deputy, a deputy, uh, Iberia Parish Sheriff, uh, not a NIPD, uh, zooming across uh, the bridge uh, yesterday afternoon. Uh, apparently, an incident on Magnolia Street, uh, which is not that far from your campus, uh, kind of a uh, somewhat of a hostage situation. It was resolved; nobody uh, injured, fortunately. No. And, and but unfortunately for us, it, it right. didn't allow us to practice. So uh, uh, I'm glad our scrimmage got moved back to Friday now because at least we'll have another day this week uh, today. Hopefully, remind us again. Uh, we talked a little bit about it last week, but uh, your scrimmage and uh, opponent, where it's at, and what you hope to accomplish with it. Well, we're going to gate on on Friday, six o'clock, and uh, you know when you're a small single A school like a lot of us are, uh, the biggest problem you have is is getting a full practice with, uh, you know, with 22 guys on offense and defense that are the quality that you're going to see on, on, uh, on Friday nights during the season. So 
when you go against somebody in a scrimmage like Gaydon, who's similar to us in numbers, it allows us to, to get more work in, I think, with, with our guys. And, uh, you know, I see a different opponent and not going against your own scheme that you see every day. So, uh, so it, it'll be good for us. It'll probably be the best practice we've had so far this year. There you go. Tulsa, and you and I have talked about, uh, when, especially when you were at Nish, uh, the, the character-building sessions you had with your team. And th- this year you had an opportunity to do something I guess you hadn't done previously, but sort of take uh, the team on a bit of a retreat. Uh, tell us a little bit about that and the experience. That's right. It's the first time I've ever done that with a team, taking them overnight. And uh, it was a two-night stay, you know, basically three days, two nights at Dry Creek Camp uh, in Dry Creek, Louisiana, which is up in Beauregard Parish. And, uh, you know, I think it was great for us, not only as a football team, but I think it was good for our student-athletes because we covered a lot of topics while we were there. Uh, Their camp staff ran a lot of the sessions, too. And uh, I saw some changes in some kids. I've seen it since we've been back, and that was one of the things that that we talked about was we had some kids who who made some some commitments to, to change some of their behaviors that weren't. I wouldn't say they were terrible, but there were things that needed to be improved on. And uh, I saw some young men that really hadn't taken leadership roles on our team in the past that that started to assume those while they were at camp, and, I, and I, I've seen it carry over since we've been back. Yeah, you know, we, we've talked about NFL teams. Uh, sometimes they have camp at a remote location to get out of the heat or uh, to get out of the media maybe. Um, or, but it's also an opportunity as a team-building uh, opportunity, and I think that's something we're seeing in the Saints this week, going to Green Bay early, getting some practices in there, but uh, an opportunity to sort of put you all together and um, get to know each other a little better. It really was. It really was, and even in a small school like we have here at Highland, uh, and even with you know a team of, of less than 30 players, uh, you don't know each player on that team that well, and I think we, we got some of that uh, done during the week, uh, learned a little bit about each other that we probably didn't know had we not gone to the camp. Um, and, and it was also a lot of fun. I had a lot of them said, you know, they can't wait to go again next year. So uh, uh, I think it was great for our, for our program. I think it was great for our, our student athletes, and uh, I think it will be something that we repeat. There you go. Last week we talked about, and uh, you know, again, you uh, kind of broke the news here uh, about your quarterback change, and it's on the paper today that Parker Perry uh, stepping up. Tell us a little bit about how that transition has been in uh, the week of practice, uh, knowing that you had these changes. He's done, he's done a phenomenal job uh, learning quarterback position. Of course, you know, he's a really, really smart kid, 4.0 kid, and plays all sports, plays football. Uh, basketball, play soccer uh, as well, uh, and baseball. So uh, he's got a natural throwing motion. He's a pitcher in baseball, and and he, you could just watch him on the field even when we warm up every day. You know, he's got a beautiful. He's got good mechanics for football for throwing a football, and uh, but he's taken on the role of uh, not only learning how to play quarterback but being a leader. And uh, and I'm I'm very encouraged by the progress he's made so far. Very good. Uh, again. Uh scrimmage this friday uh, jamboree next week um, what do you plan between uh, those two uh, events uh, to get ready for the jamboree well you know really and truly i think every football coach will tell you we're not trying to get ready for the scrimmage and we're not trying to get ready for the jamboree everybody's trying to get ready for week one so uh, i think you just kind of look at it at, from that standpoint uh 
when you when you're kind of planning your installations and things that you're going to work on and things like that uh obviously you're not going to show everything in a scrimmage or a jamboree that you want to have available for week one but all your base stuff it's just basically your base offense and your base defense you want to get better at those two things and also kind of uh look at your people your personnel on on special teams uh coach uh, tony landry uh, coach i know for, in, with the small school as you mentioned a few times that uh of course the the football practices and the scheduling and all come into play but Every time I go down Trotter Street, it always seems like Island Baptist has always added a little bit more and done a little bit more in this with their uh, athletic facilities. And I know as a coach there, uh, uh, grass has to be cut, and I'm not sure. Y'all don't have a turf field yet, do you? <laughs> no, but I sure wish we did because <laughs> that's what I've been trying to battle around uh, all the showers we've had these last couple of weeks, uh, you know. Apparently, we're not on the same schedule, the weather and I, because the times I want to mow, I can't mow, and then the times that I can't mow is the time I should be mowing because we actually have a little dry weather. But, uh, no, I was out there uh, yesterday, you know, getting a, a second cut on the field. Yeah, in the short term, the school has been in uh, enforced, I guess, 12, 14 years uh, with Holland. And it's just amazing how their facilities, every time you turn around, they just, uh, you notice the baseball field, the football field, uh, the gymnasium, all your facilities are top grade. And uh, for Class A school, uh, it's just uh, outstanding uh, in that regard. And uh, I'm sure uh, the students feel that way, too. You know, when there's a cleanliness around you, it's a, it's a good feeling to have. And like I said, it is. And, and- and then when we go to other other places who aren't as fortunate as we are, I think our kids kind of understand uh, how well we've got it over here. So uh, yeah, you're, you're right; right. We, it's, it's a it's it's a great facility. It, it is. And uh, like you said, uh, the coaching and scheduling and, uh, and keeping kids in line is not one of your only duties. Uh, you know, uh, keeping the facilities up and uh, in that regard is uh, also the job of the head football coach, too, if you know what I mean. Anyway, and I really coach. appreciate it after having a turf field like we had over at Nice those years. And I remember when we first got it. And we used to joke all the time about having to go paint the turf or go mow the turf or things like that because, uh, you know, you don't have to do any of that stuff. And uh, then when I came over here, that was the, the first day I got on that zero turn. I was like, oh, Lord, here we go again. That's right. It, it, it's not like it's cut in, in a half hour either. It takes a while to cut that grass. No, it takes a while. You're right. Oh, you're, you're right. right, Coach. Anyway, uh, look forward to uh, maybe next week speaking about your scrimmage and how things went uh, over in uh, Gaydon. Uh, too bad duck hunting season's not uh, still kicking uh, kicking off. Uh, you could bring maybe <laughs> some of your rifles to for duck hunting. But in the meantime, uh, Coach, uh, good luck to you. Uh, hopefully you come out of there injury-free. I know it's important uh, for you to That's get always the first concern. That's right. You're right about that, Jeff. Uh, back to you if you've got anything more. No, Coach, uh, we'll let you go. Uh, I trust the first week of school has been a good one. Yes, it has. It has. Good, good to hear. So far, we're, we're – we're we're midweek, so <laughs> yeah. This is our this is our third full day. Okay, gotcha. But, That's right. You guys didn't start uh, when uh, the public schools began, but yeah, we started. We started uh, first full day was on Monday. We had orientation on the twelfth Friday. Gotcha, gotcha. And again, uh, we'll look forward to talking to you next week. Uh, as Tony mentioned in advance in advance of the jamboree. But again, uh, thanks for joining us this morning. All right, thank y'all guys. Appreciate, uh, appreciate it, Coach. Good luck.
Anyway, Jeff, uh, yeah, Coach Rick Hudson, uh, I believe he mentioned last week it's his fourth year at yeah. Highland Baptist and uh, Highland Baptist uh, in playing in uh, single A. Uh, some of the schools, Generate moved down into that district this year, so also Centerville. We do, we do have two uh, Highland games on our broadcast uh, schedule uh, at this point, so looking forward to that. I think week four is uh, the first one I've got over there against St. John of Plaquemine. But uh, looking forward to, let's see, wrong, wrong one there. All right. Let's see. And, uh, yeah, there, there was one other game, I think, uh, you had. A little a later scheduled. in the uh, well, week. It wasn't Generate, maybe, or. It, it uh, was, in fact, Generate at Highland on okay. October 21st. But then uh, we'll see uh, them host St. John on September 16th. Okay. And St. John, as you mentioned, out of Plaquemine, that's Plaquemine, yes. the city, not the parish. Correct. And out of uh, a little south of Baton Rouge, uh, I'm trying to recall uh, the, the moniker for St. John, uh, but uh, played them way back when, when I was in high school in basketball. Anyway, uh, Jeff, uh, uh, just about ready to wrap up uh, the third segment here on Bayou Sports. Uh, any uh, other headlines that uh, maybe to review? Well, again, um, not necessarily uh, headlines, but a couple of uh, notes um, that uh, I had been looking at, um, and I'm trying to uh, bring it back up here. But a uh, few headlines, including uh, Mike Zimmer joining Deion Sanders at Jackson State. Really? Yes. The head coach, former head coach of the Vikings, going to be an assistant at a... Um, SWAC school. Are they still in the SWAC? As far as I they know, seem to they be are. stepping up their game. They are. You know, he, he's uh, he's going out there uh, preaching, uh, trying to get some of those better players. He pulled in one of the best players in the country last year. He took from some of the big schools, but uh, well, we'll see how uh, prime time as a head football coach uh, will do. I think he had a pretty decent record last year, if my memory serves me, right at Jackson State. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he did well. And uh remember watching him play uh, years ago in the Superdome uh, when he played for Florida State's uh, baseball team, one of the two-sport athletes uh, in the uh, country back then. And uh, prime time, uh, now a head football coach. And uh, his teams are playing pretty well right now. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Sanders hired uh, Zimmer's nephew as well, uh, Andrew, as an analyst in June. But um, Mike Zimmer, the former Viking head coach, uh, said, I'm grateful that Coach Prime was willing to bring me here to help this team win football games. I'm excited to be around a winning team and see what a winning team looks like and help bring the program to another championship season. Mike Zimmer joined uh, Dallas in 94, becoming the defensive back coach uh, one year later. He did coach Sanders for the entirety of Primetime's five-year run with Dallas, so they had a previous relationship, and that was something I didn't realize. Okay, I didn't either. I didn't either. But, but it, now it, it helps make sense of the move uh, for Mike Zimmer. And you know, he was fired by the Vikings in January. Uh, not, a, not a great uh, tenure there, 72-56-1. Did make uh, three playoff appearances. Yeah, beat the Saints and, one year. And, again, the uh, Minneapolis Miracle, I think they uh, dug and, that one. But. Yeah, that was what three years in a row. Was it three years in a row the Saints lost yeah. unusual? Yeah, they lost uh, to the. Of course, you start with the uh, Rams, 
No, uh, no, I think there was Minnesota a miracle. Game miracle was, was first, yeah, and then so. the Rams, then the and Rams. then to the Eagles on that uh, push off by the San tight Francisco. end, and, and and the push off by the tight end yeah. by the Eagles. You know, San oh, Francisco. That's you know. So uh, anyway, just tough luck. Just looking at quickly. Uh, uh, Jackson State with uh, primetime coach Deion Sanders. They're fifteen and five in the last uh, two years. Of course, I'm sure the COVID year they didn't play a full schedule, but uh, in the meantime, uh, he, you know, he's playing well. They've done well, so uh, we'll see how that moves on this year for Coach Primetime. Uh, fifteen and five. Don't know if they. I think they won the Southwest Conference uh, uh, last year. I'm not sure what their record was, but fifteen and five over two years. It's uh, it's pretty heady uh, for that uh, school. So. Anyway, uh, Jeff, uh, let's go ahead and take our last break of the day and come back with our Today in Sports History for August 17th. In the meantime, you're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. The Corner Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Be there this Thursday for Southern Jack Productions. Remember, never cover at the Quarter Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for sports and no bar with more outdoor seating. Quarter Tavern, 9 tennis made across from McDonald's. Best drink prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer, just $2, $3 imports all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. Quarter Tavern now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become part of something bigger. Join the team. We're currently hiring for a variety of offshore positions in both our production and construction divisions. And you can apply right now at danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Hi, this is Boxcar Bajero inviting you to join me and PGA Golf professional Teddy Slyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m. we'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by the Coca-Cola Bottling Company, GolfBalls.com, and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Kane Road, and Sugar Oaks. So let's make it tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Dream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports on this uh, hump day. Today in sports history, uh, Wednesday, uh, August the 17th. Of course, in 1920, we spoke about this yesterday, the only man to ever die in, uh, in a baseball game, Ray Chapman, 
Uh, of course, the Yankees cancel their game with the Cleveland team today in memory of Ray Chapman, who dies after being hit uh, by a pitch in the head the previous day. Elsewhere in this date, 1933, Major League player Lou Gehrig sets a record for consecutive game streak at 1,308. Of course, the uh, Iron Horse uh, went and set the record of 2,130 since broken uh, back in 2005, I do believe, by... Uh, uh, 1995. Yeah, I want to. Yeah, excuse. Yeah, you got to. <laughs> we got to clarify that every once in a while. Uh, being broken the, then by that uh, that time. Also in uh, 1951, the NFL Chicago All Star Game. You know they played that every year up until I think '76 when they uh, finally stopped it. Uh, Cleveland beats the All Stars 33 to nothing over in Soldier Field with 92,180 uh, fans watching that game. Elsewhere in 1957, baseball player Richie Ashburn fouls and hits a fan, Alice Roth. What's remarkable about that is they are assisting her to take her out the game on a stretcher. They, Richie Ashburn hits another foul ball that hits her in the stretcher. Just, that's just amazing. Just not Alice Roth day. That's all I got to say. She broke her nose uh, with the first ball hitting her, and the second one hit while she was on the stretcher. Uh, I guess she was uh, just a glancing blow anyway, getting hit twice, not once, but twice. Just unbelievable. Elsewhere in 1966, Willie Mays takes uh, second place in the all-time home run list as he passes Jimmy Fox. At 535, he goes on to hit 660 through uh, 1973. Elsewhere in this date, uh, in 1972, the Philadelphia Phillies uh, pitcher Steve Carlton wins his 15th straight game. Uh, and uh, the Phillies that year go 59 and, and 97. Carlton won 27 of those 59 games for the uh, for the Phillies, of course, that was the beginning of the strike season. They missed the first week or so of the season. Elsewhere, of course, we mentioned just moments ago, Willie Mays hit his 660th on today, and it was the last home run of his career off of Don Gullett of Cincinnati. Uh, say, hey, kid, uh, wraps up his final year in Major League Baseball. 1980, George Brent goes 4 for 4, raising his average here this late in the year to 401. Of course, Brent ended up hitting 388, I think, that year. The only people that even came close to 400, I think, uh, Mule. Usual one year. Of course, Ted Williams did it in 41. Usual one year. And also uh, uh, Rod Carew uh, made a run at it also one year. And also Tony Gwynn. Uh, none of them made it. I think uh, Brett was the highest at 388. Elsewhere in 1984, Pete Rose returns to the Reds as the player manager. He gets two hits in that game. Of course, you wonder if he bet in that game. Anyway, in 1987, a bunt single by Milwaukee Brewers' Paul Molitor, the longest uh, major league hitting streak in 1980s at 32 games. Of course, Rose went 44 in the late 70s. 1987, Muhammad Ali elected to the Ring Magazine Boxing Hall of Fame. Elsewhere, in 1992, Kevin Gross of the Dodgers tosses uh, only a nine-inning no-hitter of the season, uh, a two-to-nothing win for the Dodgers. Last year, there were nine no-hitters thrown in Major League Baseball, which set the record in 2021. Uh, the all-time record for a season of no-hitters, I think, was eight, and that's been done uh, two or three times. Elsewhere, in 2008, uh, Michael Phelps. 
part of a relay team of the 4x100 in the Beijing Olympics. Uh, he wins his eighth gold medal of the Games, breaks Mark Spitz' record in 1972 of seven gold medals. Phelps, uh, eight gold medals. Pretty impressive. Birthdays today, 1952, Guillermo Villas, the Argentine tennis player and four-time Grand Slam winner, is born in Buenos Aires, uh, Argentina. 1963, Chucky. That's right, John Gruden born on this date. Of course, Super Bowl champion in 02 with the Bucks, and later the Raiders, uh, not a Super Bowl champ, but coach there. Of course, a broadcaster for ESPN and Monday Night Football, born in Sandusky, Ohio. Wasn't that uh, Tommy Boy's? Uh, yes, indeed it was. <laughs> Tommy Boy's hometown, uh, Sandusky, uh, with the parts. Uh, Dan Aykroyd. Anyway, in 1966, local, uh, Hall of, I should say, football player and former coach, Cedric Figaro, born on this date, a former linebacker in the NFL, born in Lafayette, Louisiana. And the guy you love to hate, uh, 1969, born on this date, Christian Leitner, uh, NBA forward and center with the Hawks, Olympic gold medalist, the only college player on the Dream Team of that year in 92, born in, watch this, Angola, New York. Did not know that. Elsewhere, the quote of the day, Jeff, one of your uh, famous old hockey players, Gordy Howell said, all hockey players are bilingual. They know English and profanity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> According from Gordy Howell, who played till he was almost 50, or was he 50 when he was still playing in the, old, in the other league? Yeah, he uh, left uh, Hartford then of the WHA, uh, yeah, World Hockey Association. I, I went to a few of those games in Chicago. Uh, we had one of those teams, uh, the Cougars. Uh, tickets were very easy to get, and it was in the worst neighborhood. And you think of all the bad neighborhoods that you could have in a major city. It was in the worst neighborhood. International Amphitheater. But he uh, went to a concert there and sure enough came back and his car was gone. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I know the International Amphitheater well. Well, uh, Knew it. well you know, uh, Jim Croce had a nice song about the south side of Chicago yeah. uh, in that regard. So also uh, on this date, uh, you know, Willie Mays had a vanity license plate that read, Say Hey. And a lot of people, uh, that Willie Mays would answer to Say Hey. And uh, it was the sports writer, Jimmy Cannon, who was an old sport. I think he was with one of the New York papers back in the day. He was the one with helping create that nickname for uh, Willie Mays, Say Hey. And uh, that's what may say, hey, I guess it was just a saying uh, on that. A little extra inning stuff. Uh, you know, Smokey Anderson said that the reason he liked all the latest baseball cards when he was still managing because they said he t- they took off his playing record off and put his managerial <laughs> record on his card. <laughs> so he uh, Anyway, he was always uh, just uh, adamant about that. And finally, just a... Who's the only player to win the Triple Crown, the Rookie of the Year Award, and be inducted to Baseball's Hall of Fame? And uh, big hint here, first first African-American manager in Major League Baseball. Frank Robinson. That's right. And uh, Frank Robinson uh, also, I want to say Frank Robinson along with uh, Jesse uh, Jackie Robinson went to the same high school back in the day. Uh, hmm. Small world. Se- separate years, obviously. Yes, yeah. yes. Anyway, just a small world. Anyway, anything else, Jeff, before we head out? Just a couple of random notes. Uh, You know, a couple of weeks ago we talked about the four-strike strikeout. There was a three-ball walk yesterday. Oh, the umpire lost count? Yeah. uh, Again, uh, during a game between the – and I guess this was Monday night. uh, Somehow we missed it yesterday. All right. Uh, But uh, the Angels, Mariners were playing. The home plate umpire forgot the count, consequently let a – 
player walk on a three-ball count. Game was tied 2-2 two to two at the top of the ninth as uh, the Angels' Aaron Loop was pitching to Carlos Santana. San- different Santana. Yeah, not the guitar yeah, playing, exactly. uh, winning. Santana asked umpire at Laz Diaz what the count was. It was 2-2, two and two, which was what the scoreboard showed correctly. But Diaz held up his fingers and indicated it was 3-1 at that point. Nobody questioned it. Pitch that followed a ball, which led Santana to taking a walk to first base. So, again, uh, we go from a four-strike strikeout to a three-ball walk. And see where um, 54 Golf's Patrick Reed is suing the Golf Channel's Brandel Chambly for defamation. Not sure if uh, Teddy had this earlier in the week, but filed a defamation lawsuit against the Golf Channel analyst Brandel Chambly for misreporting information with falsity and or reckless disregard of the truth. Reed alleged in Tuesday's filing, uh, the Golf Channel, Chambly, and PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan conspired against him for the past nine years in an effort to destroy his reputation, create hate, and a hostile work environment for nine years. Wow. Anyway, with, you know, when you file a defamation suit against somebody, you also put your character on the line. So, uh, and Patrick Reed hadn't been uh, one of the altar boys of uh, golf in that regard. So he's, he's, he's asking to show his character and bring it out, too. So uh, he'll have some issues, too. That'll be an interesting trial. I, I just think it's interesting that uh, it was nine years in the making. Yeah, nine that, years. that finally, now it's it's a problem. <laughs> and Baton Rouge native. uh it's always kind of been outspoken, and he, like I said, he had been uh, the one of the angels there in the PGA circuit. So we'll see how that turns out in the meantime, uh, uh, Jeff. So uh, great having Coach Hudson on today. Tomorrow Absolutely. we have uh, Josh Learman from uh, Nish. Uh, we'll be on approximately seven thirty uh, on our segment here on Bayou Sports. So we appreciate those coaches taking time out from their busy days. You know, some of them still do teach. And uh, they're occupied, so we'll appreciate them uh, yeah, taking they, time. Yeah, they've made that commitment throughout the uh, high school football season. Uh, so, again, we uh, look forward to Josh Learman tomorrow. And, uh, again, we want to thank our sponsors here, L.A. Classic Roofing, the Quarter Tavern, Cane Row Golf and Turf Club, Headache and Pain Center, and Schwing Insurance. And, by the way, uh, you, you and I talked off air about it, but, a uh, nice story on the wrestling match uh, from St. Mary uh, last week. And, uh, well, it was Saturday night, but the Iberian has some stuff on it. Today. Yeah, uh, just uh, proceeds of uh, the concessions went to the Nish uh, baseball uh, program, which is good to see. So uh, hopefully maybe uh, other things can be done like that to help other the schools in the area because I'm sure money's tight for those athletic departments. Anyway, uh, we'll be back tomorrow, Jeff, uh, with uh, Bayou Sports. A little after 7 o'clock to around 8.15. We're on each day. And, of course, on Fridays, a little abbreviated with uh, the fishing and hunting show from a little after 7 to about a quarter to 8 where we take over. Absolutely. Lee Kay and the Breakfast Club continue right after news brought to us by Dobby Funeral Homes.